something happens when I eat food, I basically shut down and I'm just trying to understand the complexities of different flavors. It's like a firework show in my head. Things are just like flavors and colors. This might be the first time I say this publicly on the record. So uh, this, one's, this, one, this one's for you, Antoine. Where do I get my inspiration? If I try something from a different restaurant, taking that dish, interpreting it and trying to figure out kind of how can I bring that memory of taste back? How can I remember that moment? This is One on One, a table for two production. I am Antoine Aboussamra. What we see as waste is someone else's treasure, and that treasure could then also be good for us too. The reason we waste so much food in our households is because we don't know how to store our food properly. Along with other, other reasons, we buy too much food, but I think it comes down to education. Only buy what you need. In every episode, I invite you to discover the stories of people in the world of food who are on a mission to protect the environment, defend their cultures, or fight for more social and economic justice. One-on-one will help you redefine your relationship to food. So if you're lucky to have this book in your life and you cook a single recipe or you cook every single recipe, you will understand and you will walk away and appreciate how I see food every single day for the rest of your life. Good afternoon. It's a great pleasure to be back for a new episode of the one-on-one podcast. And this one is a very special one because it's number 50. And what better occasion to have Max Lamana as our special guest today. Good afternoon, Max. Good afternoon, Antoine. Thanks for having me. You moved to the UK recently and you're continuing your great work and you, you just published uh, You Can Cook This, your latest cookbook. So we're going to be talking about all of this. So let me ask you first about the about the move. How do you yeah. see the response of the audience and the viewers and the readers and the listeners in the UK versus the ones in in the US? Well, so I moved I moved to the UK almost four years ago. Um, it feels like yesterday. A lot has happened in the in the last four years. The first visit I came to the first visit to the UK was five years ago, and the reason I came to the UK was because. I looked on my social media, I looked at my insights and saw that the majority of my audience, around 50%, mm -hmm. said that they were based in London. I've never been to London. I would expect, you know, New York City where I was living to be, you know, a, a large component of the makeup of my audience. But London, why why London? So, at the time I was hosting supper clubs and dinner parties out of my apartment in New York City in, in Brooklyn and saw that I had a, a large following in, in London. So I decided to come to London. So, you know, I follow, <laughs> I followed where my audience was um, because I wanted to speak to them. And that's what I try to do on a day-to-day -day basis is speak and try to have this relationship, this, like the title of your podcast, one-on-one, -on -one, or try to have this one-on-one -on -one experience with my guests, with my audience, with my community on social media. Because it's, virtual most of the things you could travel back and forth what was the main advantage to to be located in in the uk well after after 10 days i i, I then met my wife okay and decided to reload <laughs> decided to relocate so um you know they always say that the saying i grew up hearing was the grass is always greener and it is particularly 
greener here in the UK because it rains a lot. But I, it was a part of my life where I felt like I, I wanted to settle down. It felt right. Having met my wife, everything just felt like it clicked in place. And I've been kind of a traveling nomad for eight to 10 years trying to figure out where, where, where am I settling down? What am I going to do? And what's my career going to look like? And everything kind of clicked in place at that time. It's interesting that I've I've decided to live here based, you know, or had had made that initial leap across the pond, as they say, uh, to, to come to the UK because I saw where my audience was. So I, you know, I have to thank my audience in 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 some respect for guiding me in this direction, and I let them guide me almost on a weekly basis, and that's kind of the that is the premise of my cookbook is where I've allowed them to tell me which foods they were throwing away to give me the inspiration I needed to develop, create, and test new recipes for a cookbook. Because the culinary approach that they have in the UK is different from what you have in the US? I haven't spent time in kitchens in in the UK. I have had a few, I have had a residency, I've worked you know, one or two days in some restaurants in in the UK, but not as a full time job where I was when I was based in in New York um, and having some time in Los Angeles as well. It, it's hard for me to kind of uh, draw comparisons or understand. Mm -hmm. And the one thing I do notice the, the difference between culinary in the US and in the culinary uh, world in in the UK. The food in the UK is it tastes a lot different. The food, the quality of the food is <laughs> yes. it tastes better. It feels f more fresh. It feels, it just tastes better all in all. But then when you get outside the UK and you travel throughout Europe, you you uh -huh. you, you get to actually try some different, yes. you try the food and you think, wow, this oh, yes. is actually, this is a lot, this is a lot better than the UK, but it's miles away from uh, the food, the food that is produced in, in the US. The, at the beginning, when you, when you, when you started, the uh, the approach to food was a side job to uh, to to support your uh, acting and, and modeling career. When did it really start, and why did it really become such a focus of yours? Food has always played a role in my life. It kind of played in the background. You know, it was a supporting supporting character in in my in my in my acting acting uh, pursuits. I've always loved food. I've I've always loved cooking food. Love being around it. Love eating it. Uh, love serving food. Food is food has a really interesting magical quality where it could bring people together. And despite your differences, your religion, your race, your gender, it doesn't matter who 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 you are, what you stand for, your your political views on life. Food could bring people together. Mm -hmm. So food has always played that that background that background character for me. And then I just had a moment a few years ago, five, six, six or seven years ago, just thinking about life, just thinking about mm -hmm. where am I going? This, this, the last seven years I've spent trying to figure out a career in acting and modeling. It wasn't really, it wasn't really clicking in place. I felt like I kept pushing and pushing and pushing, and it, you know, the door, the the door wasn't opening every single time. And I had to really listen to myself and really have that that one on one. There I go again with <laughs> one on one. Really, I had to really 
connect with myself and ask my ask myself why am i doing this why do i what's what's the goal what's the end goal here mm-hmm. what, or what is driving me to do to, to to pursue this and i think i i had to have a really you know hard look at myself and um you know for 3 days i didn't sleep because it was it was just on my mind what was i going to do what was i going to do it was a really difficult moment in my life and then i realized what is one thing one thing i could do every single day for the rest of my life that's just going to bring me happiness and joy and can i do that one thing every single day let me start there cuz i felt i was missing the happiness and joy in my life mm-hmm. and that one thing for me was food and i thought okay great today after that after those 3 days of not sleeping that day i think i went out bought ingredients and and made it made a made a dish at home and just being really present with the food taking my time going through the recipe i almost i think at one point cuz i you know the acting has always been in the back of my head the acting career and like memorizing lines and getting into the character i think in that moment i was pretending to be a tv chef i was yes. just like okay now add the onions to the pan and stir for a few minutes until they're translucent and soft and i was just having a really fun and joyful playful time with the food that i was cooking and i just kept every day i kept you know the next day i think i went to the farmers market and then i started learning more about the environment and composting and what happens to our food mm-hmm. and where's our food what happens to the food that we waste so things kind of just trickled into this it kind of just it was like a domino effect things started just clicking in place and it felt good and i think i think people who are listening will resonate with when things feel good mm-hmm. you know in their heart in their gut when things feel good you just continue to go down that path and continue to have that feeling or want to you know not even chase it because it should just come easily just allow it to unfold so but you weren't sure it's going to it was going to work that when you created your own show basically with your with your own character with your own you know you're the director the producer <laughs> the actor <laughs> the sound man the <laughs> everything that was just me just playing around in the kitchen so mm-hmm. i then you know fast forward i ended up you know looking at the restaurants that i could work in and 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 new cuz i've always worked in restaurants 15 years working in restaurants from washing dishes to managing cafes i researched where i wanted to work found the restaurant and decided okay i'm going to i'm going to get a job here and just worked my way up the ladder from clearing clearing tables to then serving tables to then bartender to then working as a line chef mm-hmm. and I just climbed the ladder really quickly in in the in the restaurant that I was in for 6 months I just went from kind of the, one of the lower 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 positions in the front of the house to one of the um <laughs> one of the highest positions in the front of the house but then also the lo- one of the lowest positions in the back of the house. Exactly. Um this is all kind of kitchen ter- terminology restaurant terminology uh front of house back of house. Back of house in the kitchen front of the house outside with the customers more or less. Exactly. Yeah. So I didn't know at the time. I just knew that I wanted to be around food. Maybe I'd open up a restaurant. Oh, maybe I just continue to have this career of going in into the going in at the restaurant at two o'clock in the afternoon and getting out at two o'clock in the morning, um, yeah. working these long, long, long days, standing on my feet all day long. And I was up for the challenge. I had this fire uh, burning, mm-hmm. burning in my soul that just said, "Just, just do it." So I didn't know at the time. 
but I'm sure we'll 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 dive into yes. why what 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 changed later on. Yes. So there there must have been a clicking moment actually. Actually, I, before before going to that place, I just wanted to ask you the question: During those three days where you were really thinking about what was going to happen, if it was really the right direction you were going into, what were you eating? <laughs> if you remember, <laughs> any comfort there? Ooh, I don't remember. The I remember the the dish I made when I you finished when, afterwards when yeah. I when I finished. Remember the dish. It's actually a dish that's in, and you can cook this, uh, but made vegan because it wasn't. I wasn't vegan at the time. I don't remember what I was eating. I think I was eating pretty much plain, plain food. I don't feel like I was really in the um, in the space for mm-hmm. um, eating food. I felt very. I, I almost felt like all I was drink. I was just drinking water. I almost felt like I was on a fast. Nothing. Nothing told me to eat. I didn't feel like I needed to consume anything or eat anything. I don't think I was searching for sustenance in that way through food. Mm-hmm. I was searching for sustenance through through something else. So you you discovered the path, more or less. Food was going to be it, and you started working, restaurant obviously. But at one point in time, there must have been something that clicked in you because between what you were doing at the beginning and what you're doing eventually afterwards, there must have been something that happened while you were experiencing this. Because it just doesn't, you know, you don't come out like say, okay, I'm going to be doing things plant-based or, you know, vegan, whatever it is, and think about waste, uh, how to reduce waste in, in, in kitchens and stuff like that. There must have been something that you experienced, saw, that really touched you for whatever reason. And I would, can you kind of remember what happened? Mm. It was around the same time where, I made that one dish after those three days mm-hmm. of um, having having no no sleep, little mm-hmm. to no sleep, that I realized I was doing more and more research around food waste, understanding where our food comes from, what happens to it when we waste it, what impact it has on the planet and mm-hmm. on us. But just as, why as a- did you go into that at that time? Why was it what was so appealing by the subject? I've not because I've never seen anyone. I mean, growing up, my mother would say, "Don't don't waste your food, mm-hmm. don't waste your food," because there's people in the world who are starving, and you know she'd say, "There's people on the other side of the world that are starving," and you know people are starving all around us. People are struggling to put food on our t- on the table all around us within our own communities and our neighbors next door or above us or below us, all around us. So it's not just on the other side of the world. It's not this out of sight, out of mind thing, but. I was at a farmer's market and I saw this bin, this large container that said food waste and it had arrows pointing down to it. And I noticed from afar, people were coming with you know, their buckets of food waste and just throwing it into the pile, into the mm-hmm. bin. And it was more of a community thing, this like collective consciousness of let's take care of the planet in, in mm-hmm. a way. Um, and food scraps were being recycled and and used. And I, you know, I said, "Oh, where's this? Where's this all going?" And thinking, "Why? Why is this? What do you mean? Why is there food waste here? Why are you throwing? Why are people doing this?" And you know, I later find out find out because they didn't teach this in school to us. Um, oh, this is going to be brought back into my farm. It's going to go into the soil. We're going to use it as regenerative, this circular economy. Mm-hmm. The, the food breaks down into this rich, n- nutrient-dense soil that then feeds my plants. 
that then grows and helps uh, grow the plants and the vegetables that I'm growing. And at that point, I just thought, oh my goodness, this, what we see as waste is someone else's treasure. And that treasure could then also be good for us too, because it's like he said, this nutrients that are in the food that is then going into the soil. And that soil is then being spread across the, his plot of land for the vegetables to grow, to help grow strong, healthy plants to then be able to consume for us to eat. And then whatever we don't use then goes back into, and this is the circular, circular economy. So I just started thinking, wow, there is, there's something here and I've never seen this before. So I went home, made that dish and had a pile, a, 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 a container to keep my scraps. So I went back the next week to join the collective consciousness of food waste, uh, food waste warriors over there. So it was, that kind of got me on the path that started me on the path to understanding circular economy through food. And I wanted to apply that in the restaurants that I was working in. And what was the response? They didn't have a system in place. So they had this, they had a large, you know, lorry size container bins that dumps, you know, these, these dumpsters would come and pick it up. Um, and, you know, the basement of the restaurant would smell just because the food was rotting. Mm -hmm. And like, this is, this is no, this is no way to, to run a business. This doesn't, we can't do this. But before I could start wagging my finger in people's faces and telling them what not to do, I had to look at myself again mm -hmm. and understand that I was still throwing food away. I wasn't, I wasn't 100% doing my best. I wasn't even trying. There was some, you know, some cases I'd, I'd save a little bit, but I wasn't doing my best. So I started looking at how I could reduce my food waste at home. Started applying that into my everyday life. Uh, and like I said at the beginning of the show, Antoine, I love feeding people. I love cooking mm -hmm. for people. I love the look on people's faces when they try my food. I was hosting supper clubs and dinner parties through out of my apartment in in Brooklyn. And a friend of mine said, you need to, you need to put this on social media. You're finding creative ways to use the whole entire ingredient. I've never seen anyone cook cauliflower leaves before. I've never seen anyone use the broccoli stem. I've never seen anyone use potato peelings as something else. That's, that's potato peelings. I usually just peel the potato. So it's, you know, all uniform, the same mm -hmm. size and the same color all the way around. I've never seen anyone do that before. So you need to put this on social media. And I thought, well, if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to put this on social media, I need to I need to understand the principles of why I'm going to do this. It's going to inspire. It's going to educate. It's going to transform the way we cook and see food. What was the response at the beginning when you started? I think it was it was positive. It was really positive because you know shortly after ended up quitting my job at the restaurant because mm -hmm. I started seeing people getting really really excited about my recipes, what I was doing on social media. I had families from different parts of the world. I had three families, very small number, three families um, across across the world asking me for recipe development, asking me to develop menu ideas for them and their families. So I'd give them seven recipes a week that they can try for dinner. Um, and each one was different because each family had different they had different tastes. They had different things they wanted to incorporate. So I was 
becoming a little, you know, home chef for people. Mm -hmm. And that really helped me kind of keep afloat and make sure that I could pay my rent on time. Yes, um, that helps. But from <laughs> that helps having a little bit of income from from people who I've just only known for a few months on social media. And that helped me, you know, save up enough money so I can fly to fly to the UK and meet your your future wife. You see fate, do you believe in fate? 100%. Because 100%. It's something that that really is striking. There seems to be a, like a theme with people that are, especially in the world of food. You don't you don't end up in a world of food just like that. Just like it's it's not a coincidence. No, no. And something else I'm, I I will share with you. And I, it might it might I think 100 is fate. I grew up around food. My father bought his first two restaurants. He bought he franchised two quick service restaurants when I was two weeks old. So I'm two weeks old. My dad buys his first two franchised quick service restaurants. I grew up in those restaurants. And soon after he sold those restaurants, I then get a job working in a restaurant. So I've literally have, I've been in a restaurant my whole entire life, or I've been around food in the food industry my whole entire life. Then my my surname, Lamana, I come to find out the phrase mana from heaven. Mm -hmm. um, maybe you've heard of it. I go to Italy last year for work and I meet these two Italian chefs and they said to me, oh, do you know, you know, you're Italian. Do you, do you know the meaning of your name? Because, you know, Italians love yes. sharing stories and they love telling, telling, yes. telling other people what, what things mean to them and, and uh, stories that they have. And I said, no, I don't know the, I don't know the meaning of my name. I said, I think it means the hand. And they're like, no, it doesn't mean the hand. And they said, It's more than that. La mana, la mana de cello. It's God provided food for those who were hungry, who were thirsty, who were hungry, who were struggling to get food and shelter and water and everything. And he gave it to those people who were walking through the desert. This is biblical you know, yes. terms and biblical times. And I just thought, oh my goodness. Now my mother's surname is, it means the garden in French. Jardin. And so, yeah. So I'm thinking, oh my goodness, here's the garden, food. I'm just thinking, you know, like, is this, <laughs> this is fate. This is so strange. So not strange, but is it a coincidence? I don't know. There's no coincidences, I guess. Yeah. In this case. <laughs> yes. And you still went into acting or tried to. <laughs> It's as if you were going against. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Here we are. You started you started on that mission. And my guess is that you wanted to bring a change to people that you went through yourself, as you were saying at the, at the you know, you're walking you're walking the walk and you're talking the talk. You're doing both of them. It's very important to, for credibility purposes and everything. But you, you want people to change and you try to guide them and you help them for that. What is the most difficult aspect that you see for people to actually make those changes? Because the idea is, 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 is what people know about, you know, try not to waste your food and stuff like that. But when it comes to actually doing it, what is the thing that you realize that your audience have difficulties with and, and they need support or and, and listen to you for, for guidance? I think the number one challenge that people face is education. The reason we waste so much food in our households The, one of the reasons is because 
we don't know how to store our food properly. We don't mm-hmm. know how to put it away. We just stick it into the fridge. We just place it into this container and we just think, oh, it'll stay fresh. It's me- that's, the, that's the reason for it, right? It's meant to just keep our food fresh. Along with other, you know, other reasons, we buy too much food, but I think it co- comes down to education. Only buy what you need. Mm-hmm. And then find a find a reason why you bought that. Why did you buy those ingredients? Find a find a recipe that you enjoy cooking. Incorporate it into a meal. But I, I think it's it comes down to education, and most people aren't aren't taught that. And we're seeing this. We're we're seeing more and more people spend money on food that end up, and that money that food ends up going to waste. And it's not just food. At the end of the day, it's it's money. It's mm-hmm. money that we're wasting. It's money, time, energy transportation, labor, packaging, so much goes into the production of food that it's not just, oh, it's just food, so I'm just going to throw it away. Yeah, so, and I guess your newly published book, You Can Cook This, is a way to bring that education because there's a part in it at, at the end where you explain, as you were saying, how to store, the, how to prep the food, how to store it, what you can do with it, etc., to make it long last longer. Was that very important for you to bring forward, not just to have the recipes? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think it goes back to those principles, those three principles I had to inspire, to inform, to transform the way people see and cook food. And if I can help people, if I can help one person every single day, I'd ho- hopefully th- like to think that I'm helping a lot more than one one person every every day. I'm sure, if I can you help are. one person every, <laughs> if I can help one person every day, just understand how food is meant to be stored, how it's meant to be prepared. You can get more out of your food, so you end up getting more out of the money that you spend on food. I've never seen anyone go to a supermarket or to you know to a market when they're buying food, and let's just say it's a broccoli. It's the broccoli crown in the stem. And I've never seen anyone just, you know, with their own scissors or their knife, they bring to the market and they just cut the stem off because people are throwing away the stem. Mm-hmm. And they just say, I'm just going to use the florets or the butternut squash. They cut into it, take the seeds out, bend the seeds, and they just say, I'm just going to use this. I've never seen anyone uh, do that. So everything that you put on the counter, on the trolley, onto the the conveyor belt, whatever, it's that that's money that you're spending. And the reason I'm so passionate about this is, yeah, food is being wasted. It's contributing to greenhouse gases, which is heating up our planet, which is causing climate change and the the, the degradation, the, the breakdown of the planet. But also it's the one thing I think people really connect with is money. Mm-hmm. This is the time that you've spent to work a job that maybe you like or you don't like, but then you go and you buy the food that is going to give you fuel, that is going to maybe give you comfort, that is going to be food that you're going to share with your friends, your family, your loved ones, and it goes to waste. So you've worked very hard for that money to then end up spending it on food that is then going to be wasted. So I'm really passionate about that because I, I didn't I didn't grow up with money and I had to learn the hard way of using up every little thing I had in my fridge before I can go out and buy and buy food again. So it's bringing back that education into the food so people can change. So I can help people, you know, make more delicious meals based, you know, having using the food they already have. Yeah. And, and when you look at the recipes, 
in the in, in the book you can cook this there's so much freshness and there's so much mm. spices and taste and and it's it's yummy just to <laughs> look at the just look to look at the recipes but and it's non-threatening at the same time you feel that there's comfort in the food that in in the recipes that you have uh that you have created where, where does the inspiration comes from because mm. there are there's there's a lot of flavors from from very different parts of the world and and you 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 make it you make them your own how do you how do you go about the process of of creating those dishes it's a great question and i actually answered this question yesterday with my family members um because i sh i shared them my new book and mm. they're flipping through the, the the book themselves and saying the exact same things you've just said where do you get your inspiration and i never really never really took time to think about this and then i started you know I started taking, I said, let me get back to you on this. Let me figure out, well, what is my inspiration? So I know what my inspiration is now. Uh, so this might be the first time I say this publicly on the record. So uh, this one's, this, one, this one's for you, Antoine. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, my inspiration, I, I'm, I'm filled with, you know, cookbooks in my, in my home. So I'm constantly flipping through the books, but I think the one thing uh, that really sets me apart a little bit is going out and trying new food from different places, from mm -hmm. different restaurants. And then I, I have a either in my phone or in a notepad with a pen, I write down ingredients and then flavors that mm -hmm. were used in that dish. So there's this one dish I made over the weekend, marinated beetroots with orange, toasted pistachio, and mint. And it's this beautiful, bright, colorful could be autumn it could be spring a springtime dish mm -hmm. and the time that we we cooked it, it was spring but the the beetroots are 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 roasted uh in the oven with sherry vinegar and olive oil then they cool down and then the skin peels off and you can use the the peelings to make a, a sauce then i've marinated the the beetroots with more sherry vinegar with olive oil some uh, chopped up diced uh shallot orange zest, cinnamon, and I let that just marinate for, for 24 hours. In the recipe, it says marinate for two to three days. It gets better uh, if you let it sit for, if you have the patience and the time. If you for, can wait. Yes. <laughs> if you can wait, if you can wait um, two to three days of marinating. And trust me, waiting is, is better because today yes. I actually had some leftovers and today was day two of the marination process and it was delicious. And then I finish it off with orange segments uh, to give it a little bit of citrus, mm -hmm. the acid, that that uh, that zing from the citrus juice and this, the citrus itself. Toasted pistachios for a little bit of Crunchiness. the oil and the fattiness, yeah. Yeah. the the crunch, the textures. Yeah. And then at the base of the plate was um, I'm I the recipe just says to smear to spread some uh, thick thick yogurt at the bottom of the of the plate but i actually blended the yogurt with mint mm -hmm. so i had this minty cool mm -hmm. refreshing mm. sauce mm. and i just poured that on top of the beet these, these marinated beetroot oh so yes wow. i forgot the i forgot the i forgot the question but uh <laughs> where do i get my inspiration <laughs> finding <laughs> writing 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 recipes down or writing if I try something from a different restaurant, taking that dish and interpret interpreting it and trying to figure out kind of how can I 
get how can I bring that memory of taste back? How can I remember that moment in a recipe for myself? So that was an inspiration from a, a restaurant that I went to two years ago, wrote it down. I don't remember the dish. I don't remember what it looks like, but I remember those flavors and I just try to emulate those flavors again so I can evoke that memory again. There's this Levantine, some Levantine um, aspects to the dish. It Just by hearing what ingredients you have used, it works. I can, I'm sure it works super well because there is that. Mm. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can see, mm. I can see that. Mm. We're getting close to the end, and I could go on for hours, but we're getting close to the end. Before going to the pivot questionnaire, I have a, a couple of more questions. Uh, the first one is: you you said you were going, you you became vegan. Mm. What was the? There's a lot of people that are going through that stage now. They are they are going through. You know, they want to to eat only plant based for many reasons. What was the 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 moment, why, yeah, the moment yeah. where you said, "Okay, it, it makes sense." I I always say this. I I, I went vegan twice. Okay. <laughs> Not a lot of people will say they've gone vegan twice. People will say, "Oh, I went vegan and that was it." I went vegan twice. The first time was in 2012. Um, it just made a lot of sense to me, uh, and I was told that I should, and I decided I'm going to do this for health reasons. I have my family. The, the men in my life, we have a long history of like health conditions. Mm -hmm. And so I thought I need to look at what I'm eating. And I think the best way for me to eat is eating more vegetables and eating more plants on my plate. So I'm going to do this. But that didn't last long. That was six months. Okay. So now I've, I've, I've been plant-based for six years. So back in 2017, I went plant-based again. And this time it was a lot easier. I enjoy cooking with plants. Mm -hmm. In between those two, these two, these two moments, I missed taking the time with vegetables to cooking with vegetables. I love mimicking the textures of what I would used to eat before I was plant-based. So now I can make that dish and emulate and kind of mimic those same textures and qualities and tastes and flavors mm -hmm. as as dishes that I've had in the past. So for me, it's it's a little bit of a challenge. I still like to be challenged mm -hmm. in my cooking. So for me, it's it's a little bit of a challenge. It's finding those textures and flavors through plants and I can still get there if I try and 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 having that challenge. So for me it's it's more of that. And I obviously I, I feel better. I I you know it, it for me you, as you as you'll see, I don't label anything. I don't label myself vegan, or or I really don't even label myself plant based. I don't like to put these labels on okay. things and, and put a sticker on it and just say oh, I'm I'm vegan because it's it's I don't I just you just don't need to. So you know you'll never see me uh, out here supporting, yelling for animal rights or okay. shouting for the veganism in the world. Um, I think everyone's welcome to the table. Everyone's welcome to enjoy and cook cook food. I think it's important to put more plants on your plate. That's it. It seems that cooking is very cerebral for you. There is the, the manual aspect of it, but there's so <clears throat> much in the background that is happening. It's it's uh it's it's just you, like it's striking. <laughs> it's so true. You you have no idea. My brain, something happens when I eat food 
I basically shut down. I, I'll have dinner with my wife and we'll have a conversation before the meal. And then I'm almost like I switch off and I'm just in my food, just eating it and just tasting and trying to understand the complexities of different flavors, marinating and combining with one another. And, oh, I should have, I should have cooked that a little, little bit longer. It feels a bit tender or, oh, I should have, you know, I'm, I'm literally it's things are going on. It's like a firework show in my head. Things are just like flavors and colors. And it's just, it's a, it's a beautiful experience. I oh. wish I could see what's happening in my head. Wow. This is wonderful. What would be for you, your, your definition of success or the changes you want to bring with your new cookbook? You can cook this because you, it seems that you have really crystallized all your ideas not all of them, but many of them in the book. And what are you trying to really achieve with this? What would be for you say, okay, I was able to achieve that thanks to You Can Cook This? This is my second cookbook. My first one, I, I would, I would still a good book, but I felt I rushed the process. Mm -hmm. The reason why I feel I'm successful in this, in this book and You Can Cook This is because I enjoyed every step of the process. I've had two years to test, to develop, to go through the photography, the, the design of the cookbook, go through the different stages, but I was present and enjoyed every single moment of that journey. So for me, it was those, those two years of really kind of doing everything I can to make this, this book a, a success uh, in, my, in, my own, in my own way. Mm -hmm. outside of that you know the publishers and and the, the the industry will say okay is it a success because it sold x number of copies and that's good and great but also as the chef as the author of a cookbook for me it's a success already i've already succeeded i've i did my job and i did the best i can and people are going to use this book So if you're lucky to have a have this book in your life and you cook a single recipe or you cook every single recipe, you will understand and you will walk away and appreciate how I see food every single day for the rest of your life. Yeah, and they will. It's beautiful, well, super well done, very conversational. Uh, I must have, definitely, definitely. <laughs> so to, unfortunately, as I said, we getting close to the end of the conversation, uh, but we always finish with the pivot questionnaire. So it's the first thing that comes to your mind and there's no beeping. So sure. you can say what they will feel like. What is your favorite word? Pasta. Oh, <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> What's your least favorite word? Uh, it's not a word. Sorry. It's a phrase. Fair enough. And the phrase is breakfast ended at 11. <laughs> Anytime I go into a restaurant, they'll say, sorry, breakfast ended at 11. Okay. Yeah. So what do you do from 11 to 12? Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite virtue? Courage. What's your favorite quality in a woman? So before I answer this, I, I just want to say that I'm a supporter of transgender rights and I'm learning to not think about gender and binary okay. terms. And, and I think the quality that I most appreciate in people and all people irrespective of their gender is compassion and kindness. Okay. So it will cover for everyone. 
for everyone. Compassion and kindness. What dish or ingredient would you use to describe yourself? Peanut butter. Uh, Why? (laughs) Uh, I think, great question. Why? (laughs) Peanut butter as a whole, if you, I mean, I'm not for everyone. And there's some people who are allergic to peanut butter. So I understand (laughs) that I might not be for everyone. But I under but peanut butter can be great on its own. It's great with very few ingredients. Um, if you're going to make a sandwich, peanut butter can be added to breakfast, lunch, or dessert, or even in a dinner recipe. So I think you know, either you 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 either love it or you hate it. Right. <laughs> what aroma or smell do you love? The aroma I love most is. The smell of lemons, anything that has lemons in it that Mm -hmm. if you've baked something in the oven and when that lemon comes out, the smell of lemons, it's just, I don't know what it is, but just the smell of love, the smell of lemons after it's been used in a dish that's been baked in the oven. Yeah. What's your favorite curse word? (laughs) Here in the UK, they say fucking hell, mate. (laughs) What sound or noise do you love? Bird songs. What sound of noise do you hate? Car alarms. <laughs> what plant or animal would you like to be reincarnated in? I think I would like to be reincarnated as an oak tree. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, they're beautiful. Mm. And they stay around long and they see a lot of things around them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? What's for dinner? Max Lamana. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me.